Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Last week, we started looking at SCBC's 2019 theme and vision that God has given to us, particularly by looking at the Thessalonian, the people and the church in Thessalonica. And that book, Paul was writing to a group of people, a community of faith, facing a lot of opposition. But after a time, he looked back on and wrote these words to them, which I think is incredible. In verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, which says this, We continually remember before our God and Father, your word produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Paul was thrilled to hear that the group of Christians were motivated by these three key Christian elements, faith, love, and hope. In the same manner, I want us as a group of Christians to be motivated by those three key elements. So our New Year's theme for 2019 is this, to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. Last week, we talked about faith. And in order for us to live by faith, as a righteous man who has been a recipient of God's measure of his holiness, by his grace and mercy and love, we are to focus on God-given vision, not obstacles. We will never allow our fears to paralyze our faith and to trust in God's power instead of our resources. And this week, we're going to look at the second part of our focus this year, that we become a community of Christ to be known by love. Let's take a look at this video clip. What is love? What is love? I have no idea. What is love? Um, love is when you love somebody. And it's when you love somebody, and it's really when you love somebody. What do you think it feels like to be in love? It feels like heaven. What do people who are in love with each other do? They be gross. What does that mean? They kiss, they be gross. If you're not in love and you want to be, what should you do to find someone? Go to a woman casino. What about Tinder? Do you think that's a good way to meet people? Tinder? Maybe. If it's chicken, we probably they would probably like it. Chicken Tinder? Yeah. I don't know a lot. Yeah, it's fun to have on a date. Yep. Do any of your friends at school have boyfriends? I don't know that answer. My friend pretended she did, but it was just a stuffed animal. That's weird, right? It was funny. He's after school, who knows what happens with him. And I like to do it all the time. You like to do what all the time? Play with my Legos. Do you like girls? Yeah. Do you have a girlfriend? Yes. Who is she? Isabella. And what do you what do you like about her? Um, her hair. She she has beautiful toys. Aren't they so cute? Even though those little children, when they were asked to define love, their answers are all different. 
Now, love is one of those topics that easily misunderstood and being ignored. Love, of course, we're going to talk about love in church. That's what we do here. We all love each other. But the truth is, love is everywhere. We live in a world that loves love. All you have to do is to turn any radio station. You're going to hear a song about love. You watch any reality dating TV show, The Bachelor, The Bachelor in Paradise, or Blind Date. All this young woman and man hope to find their destiny, their only love. And even the most of movies and TV drama, there is always theme of love. Crazy love, broken love, betrayal of love. They're all driven by love. So we live in a world, we live in a society, we live in a culture where the concept of love has been discolored. And the image of love has also been distorted. Therefore, the word love has been overused and worn out. But as I look at the world that we are living, culture, the society that we are living, I believe there is a deepest need for real, true love. And to be a community, to be known by love, I think we have to understand what is going to make us different when it comes to love than the rest of the culture. Usually when we think about love, we think about 1 Corinthians in the Bible, right? Especially chapter 13, the love chapter. Many weddings have had that reading in their ceremonies. But if we look at in the context of which it is written, especially the first three verses in that chapter, 1 Corinthians, we may find a different meaning. In the letter to Corinthians, Apostle Paul was writing this letter because they were having a lot of problems in that church. Spiritual gift issues, distorted and compromised gospel issue, worship matter, misunderstanding on Christology, who Jesus Christ truly is. Paul was urging with his desperate heart from the chapter 1 through chapter 12, rebuking them and teaching them what Christian community should be like. What the spirit-filled group of Christ should be like. And in the midst of his writing and teaching, he put this chapter 13. The love chapter. That he wasn't saying that I know I've been harshing on you. So here is loving words, loving poems. No, what he's really saying here is even though you understand and do everything that I've corrected and taught you, those lessons, without this element... The element of love, everything that you do is in vain. Everything that you have done that you are doing is nothing. He says here in verse 1, even though that you speak tongue, the high spiritual gift the Corinthian people consider without love, it is not motivated by love. It's just a noise, resounding gong, clang cymbal. Which means meaningless, meaningless. Nothing but noise. Nothing but driving you crazy noise. And then also verse 2. Paul says, if you have prophecies or gift of understanding prophecies, have faith even to a degree moving the mountain without love, you are nothing. What Paul is saying here is even if you receive direct revelation of God, all those prophecies, the power of understanding his mystery and word of God, 
even having the greatest faith to have power to do amazing works, if not being motivated and activated by love, everything that you do is nothing. In verse 3, Paul is talking about the greatest virtue as Christian should have. Sacrificial giving. If I give all away, surrender even my own body to be sacrificed, persecuted, even died. What Paul's saying here is without love, you get nothing out of it. Paul picks the things that Corinthian church especially been considering as highest virtue as a believers of Christ. Speaking tongue, prophecies, knowledge, faith, sacrificial giving. But Paul says, without love, everything that you do, everything that you believe, everything that you are to do for the glory of God is nothing. So my question is, what is love? What is a proper, true definition of love found in the Word of God? I believe when it comes to understand love, we always have a definition problem. Because the word love in the Bible is very specifically defined, whereas the word love in a modern culture is a fuzzy kind of idea. Let me give you an example. I love Boston cream pie, and can I get an amen on that? Amen. Now, if I were to say the way I love Boston cream pie is the way I love my daughter Grace, then is there a problem? Absolutely if I love the team Red Sox the way I love my wife, Mina, do I have a problem? Of course, I do have some serious problems. So love needs to be properly defined. And all word used for love in today's Word of God, the passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 1 John chapter 4, and also the predominant word that is used for love all throughout the New Testament is this Greek word love, agape, which literally means a love that sacrifices itself for the blessings of the other. I do not love Boston cream pie self-sacrificially. Actually, I love it quite selfishly. And if I say it, I'm sure I'm going to devour it. Self-sacrificial love is a biblical definition for this word agape. So we always need to love others self-sacrificial way. The reason that we can do that, I believe, is because we are first being the recipients of that self-sacrificial love by the grace and mercy and love of our God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what is interesting is that your ability to love self-sacrificially is not native. It's not innate to you. It is a gift of God through the power of Holy Spirit. You do not have it in yourself. You might say, but I know how to love other people that way. No, 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 no. I'm sure that all you know is how to like other people as long as they give you what you want. You are the most amazing spouse until you burn my favorite food that I don't like you anymore. This job is the best. You are the best boss ever until you pass over my promotion and give it to somebody else. Then I don't like you anymore and you are the worst boss ever. And that's what is innate to the human heart. 
And that's what comes naturally. It's all about me getting what I want. I love you as long as you fulfill the things that I need. Right as you stop, then I stop too. That's what is native to our human hearts. And that is why the world looks the way that it looks today. And I believe the kind of love that stands out against what the culture describes as love, the kind of love that turns the whole world upside down, is the love that John talks about in this passage. First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Look at verses 7 and 8, and look at what John says about love. Let us love one another, for love is God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. My friends, love shows that you know God. When you love, it shows that you know who God is. Now, I think it's important for us to understand that this self-sacrificial love is a learned behavior. It is actually imitated behavior. We see our Father God in heaven, the way he has loved us, the way that he has given his self-sacrificial love through his only son, Jesus Christ. And now we do it the same way. We do love others the same way. And the way to explain this phrase that God is love, notice that it doesn't say that love is God. That's our culture, the kind of fuzzy, emotional, conditional, and self-oriented feeling says, I love you like the way I love Boston cream pie. I love you like the way that I love the patriot. God is love. Well, so many times we as Christians say and understand the opposite way. Love is God. Oftentimes, instead of understanding that God himself is love, we try to figure out and define what love is, and then we put God in a box of what we think love is. Well, how could a loving God do such a thing to me and to my family? But listen carefully, brothers and sisters. This scripture clearly says that God is love, not love is God. And to see what love is, you got to look to God. Because he defines love. Love is an attribute of who God is. God is the source, definition, and example of what love is. Everything that God does in his nature is rooted and grounded in love. When God creates, God creates in love. When God judges, God judges in love. When God does anything to us, God does anything in love. So if we do not love, we do not know God. Because we are not in accordance with God's nature. So we know what biblical meaning of love is. Agape love. Self-sacrificial love. The love that we can do by ourselves. The love can be only learned behavior and imitated behavior from our Father God through the Son, Jesus Christ. But how can we should love others sacrificially? What are the ways that we can love others sacrificially? Now, we have these verses that explains for us. Verse 9 and 10 says this. It is very clear in here. This is who God showed his love among us. He sent his Son, the only begotten Son, into the world that we might live through him. How can we love? 
the way God did, by following the example of Jesus Christ, because Jesus shows what love is. You want love displayed. You want love defined. You got to look at Jesus Christ. You got to look up to him. You got to look at the cross. Now, love explained here is not warm, fuzzy feeling. I love you. I don't love you. I like you. I don't like you. Nor it is selfish, conditional. You give me, then I give it back to you. No, love in these verses here is not just feeling. It is proactive. It is preemptive action that is engaged. It's not a conditional. It is unconditional. It's not selfish act, but it is utter selfless act. It's not receiving, but it is giving. The true love is giving. John 3, 16, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave life in Jesus so we might have life. Now, the truth is, that's really nice in theory. But in the reality, is eventually, that theory runs its course, doesn't it? Most of us are willing to give to others, but eventually we want something in return. When you first get married, it's all about giving love, right? I love you, I give you, I do anything for you. But eventually, it happens to every home and every time when the conversation goes this way. I love you, but all I do is give, 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 and all you do is just receive, receive, receive. It's about time for you to give me something in return. How about your children? When you loved your children, especially when your baby was born, and you loved them unconditionally, but eventually they grow up, and you have this kind of moment of conversation with your children. I love you, dear heart. But please show me that you love me by cleaning your room. Just give you a little something back to me. Even at church, we say we love each other. But eventually, there comes a time when we say, I did my things. I did my turn. I did my responsibility. I did my love. It's time for you to give me something. I love you, but I don't know if I necessarily trust that you are going to give back as much as I'm going to give it to you. You see, love has nothing to do with what we get back. It only has to do with what we give. Bob Goff wrote a book called Love Does. And in his book, he used this statement about love. The world can make you think that love can be picked up at a garage sale or enveloped in a Hallmark card. But the kind of love that God created the kind of love that God demonstrated is a costly one because it involves sacrifice and presence. Friends, the true love that involves sacrifice, true love involves you be present in the life of others. True love is not about receiving but giving. Lastly, verse 11 says this, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one and another. I believe that love is not paying back. That's what this verse says here. Love is not about you give me something, I'll give you something back. Rather, the love is paying forward. We need to pay God's love forward. It reminds me of a movie that I really enjoyed a while ago, which is called Pay It Forward. Anybody watch that movie? I believe it was released around the 2000. True and great movie. Um, it's a story of a social studies teacher 
who gives an assignment to his junior high school class to think of an idea to change the world for the better, then put that into action. When one young student creates a plan for paying forward those favors, this idea and concept of when you receive favors from somebody else, instead of giving that favor back to that person, you are to find three others and give the same favor to them and let them, each of them, find three of others and do the same way. This boy, as a result, not only affects the life of his struggling single mother, but he sets in motion an unexpected wave of human kindness and love, which has blossomed into a profound national phenomenon, impacting whole community there. Let's watch this video clip just for a second. Then what is it you're doing? I'm paying it forward. I know you want me to go. Yeah. I'll go. What's paying it forward? That's me. That's me. And that's three people. And I'm going to help them. But it has to be something really big. Something they can't do by themselves. So I do it for them. Then they do it for three other people. That's nine. And I do three more. That's 27, so I'm not really good at math, but it gets big really fast, you know? Articulation, please. Yes. I think it's a good idea. Sean? It's stupid. Adam? It's the honor system. People blow off the honor system. So what? Just because you do. <laughs> well, Trevor, the class seems to think that you've come up with an overly utopian idea. Look that word up in a minute. Like a perfect world? Mm-hmm. So? So you got the message from this short video clip, right? The message is simple. Whatever that you receive, the good things, the favors and love, make sure that you pay them forward. So my friends, listen to me carefully. Pay God's love forward. Because God has loved you, love other people. Because God has been kind to you, be kind to others. Because God has provided for you, help other people. God says, don't hold on to this love that I have given you first. Because if you hold on something too tightly, you can get more. Because there is no more room for it. It is only when you give away. When you pay God's love forward. So let God's love flow through your life. Let God's kindness, gentleness, grace, and mercy flow through your life. Love comes from God, and whoever loves knows God, for God is love. My dear friends, don't just be a recipient of God's love, but instead, make sure to become a vehicle of God's love. That's what the church of Christ is designed to be. And that is what we as believers of Christ should be known by. 
May the blessings of God at his world and God's people said, Amen.